All right. Well, today is going to be our last sermon on prayer. We started a series on prayer at the beginning of this year, and um, today we're going to be wrapping it up. And I know we've talked about a ton of different topics, and I really hope that they've helped. I hope it's helped you in your life. Uh, uh, Hopefully, you've been doing the homework each week. Uh, By the way, these homework things that I've been giving us to do, they're not just something to do for a week and then like, all right, that week's over. No, it's something that we should be doing every day of our lives. Hopefully, you've been taking these, these homework practices and making habits with them in your life. Uh, because what we're trying to do is to create habits in our life that will help us dialogue with Jesus more and more each day. Now, I'm going to just give you a fair warning. Throughout the sermon today, I'm going to try something different, but remember how we've been talking about trying to practice the presence of Jesus throughout our day, and sometimes we need visual reminders to do that. So what I'm going to try to do, and maybe in future sermons, is I'm going to throw up a slide throughout the sermon as I'm just talking along. And the sermon is there, or that slide is there to remind us that Jesus is here with us. God is in the unseen realm. I know we can't see him physically, but he is here with us. And the slide is to help you practice his presence and to remind you to just quietly dialogue with him. Okay? So during the sermon, you just keep on you know, dialoguing with Jesus, even while I'm talking up here, because what we're training to do is that while we're in the busyness in the midst of all of our activities in the day, we still need to be dialoguing with Jesus. So this is just a different way to train. So the slide's going to look like this, and when you see it, I'd encourage you just to pause and to just practice Jesus's presence here with us, and you know what? Whisper something to him. You know, it can be as simple as, hey, Jesus, you know, hello, uh, Ask him any question. Whatever comes to mind, you can ask him. And then allow your spirit to be sensitive to his spirit and listen to what he might have to say to you. He may point out something in the sermon and say, you need to hear this. This is for you. Now, we're pretty quick to listen to the sermon and see how it affects our spouse. You know, my wife needs to hear this. My husband needs to hear this. But the spirit may say, you need to hear this. This applies to you. So just continue to dialogue with Jesus throughout the sermon. Okay, today I want to talk about something that we do in prayer, and often we don't even think about it, okay? And once again, it's just something we've learned to do in the area of prayer, and I don't think many of us understand why it is we do it. So it just becomes this sort of formalistic thing that we just do in our life, and there's not much meaning behind it. And Whitestone, I'm going to tell you this, when those things begin to happen in our life, when we start to have all these formalistic activities in our life, we must fight against it. And what I mean by formalistic sort of things is is things that we do that might have started off with good intentions, but next thing you know, they just become habit, and we just go through the motions, and we do it because we've always done it. And there's really no meaning behind it. Guys, if that starts to happen in our life, we have to fight against it. Because everything we do, especially in regards to prayer, should be based out of a relationship. A relationship with God that is always growing and always deepening. We don't just do things as rituals for the sake of doing a ritual. Okay, We do it because we love Jesus. Amen? That's why we do it. So let's talk about that. Now, throughout this whole series, we've been talking about how prayer is simply just talking to God, okay? We're talking about dialoguing with Him about what we're doing together, okay? So prayer is meant to be a conversation, and it's not just a conversation three minutes out of the day, five minutes out of the day. It's meant to be a conversation for how much of the day? All of the day, okay? We're to be in conversation with Jesus 
all throughout the day. But as we've talked about, prayer, unfortunately, has become something else. It's become almost this rehearsed time of special words that we say to God. And so often we like to use fancy words and fancy lingo and fancy language and phrases that we would never use in our everyday language, but for some reason we use them for God. Like we may be just talking together and saying, hey bro, what's going on? What are you doing? Well, I'm just hanging out with my family, just chilling here on the deck and getting ready to have some burgers and blah, blah, blah. We just talk normal like that. And then we move into prayer and suddenly we kick into somebody else. We're like, precious heavenly Lord Jesus, we bow before thee today and we ask you to hearken unto our voice today. Bestow your blessings upon us. And we use this language we would never use, but we use it with God for some reason. So much so that when certain people get really good at it, what do we say about those people? That they're really good what? Prayers. Yeah. Old Jojo, man, he can really pray. I just love listening to him pray. It's just beautiful. And we just we say they're great prayers. And part of the problem with making prayer like that is that we've developed certain phrases in our prayer that all of us use because it sounds cool, but rarely do we think about why we use them. Okay? It just becomes formalistic. It, it, I remember as a kid, I used to always, you know, start my prayer out by saying, Dear Jesus, and then I'd move into my prayer. And then I heard somebody say, Dear Precious Heavenly Father. I'm like, Sweet Daddy, that's awesome. I'm going to use that. <laughs> From then on, my prayer was, Dear Precious Heavenly Father, and I'd move in prayer. Then I heard somebody say, uh, Lord, I just want to echo the prayers of my brother over here. And I'm like, sweet daddy, that's awesome. I'm adding that phrase into my prayer, and I'd start echoing everybody's prayers and doing that. And that's what we do. We pick up all these things, and we use them. Now, the one I want to talk about today is something that so many of us have learned how to, we've just learned to say this because that's how everybody has always done it. And we don't think as to why. Okay? And it's this phrase, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's a lot of different variations to that. We may say, in the precious name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We may say, you know, in the name of all names, you know, amen. But the basic root of it is in Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me ask you a question, guys. When do we use that phrase? At the end. Exactly. We're closing off the prayer. And that's how we say it, in Jesus' name. We'll be thanking the Lord for the meal. We'll be like, Lord Jesus, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies, our bodies to your service. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's get going. That's what we do. Or we might use it in a large group setting to dramatically tell everybody that we're coming to an end. We'll be like, we'll be praying for all these things, and then we'll say, and Lord, we just want to ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. And a lot of people in the group will say amen with you. It's like, all right, we're done. Okay? And, and the crazy thing, unfortunately for most of us, when we say in Jesus' name, amen, it's like we're saying, see you later, Jesus. Goodbye. And he gets thrown right out from our mind. We'll be just like, you know, thank you so much for this food, Lord Jesus. We just want to thank, bless this food to our bodies, our bodies to your service. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, what do we got here? Joe, could you pass the potatoes? Man, honey, you really put on a nice spread here. This is awesome. Let's eat. And the thought of Jesus gets thrown right out of the window, and you just move on with life. The idea of continuing to dialogue with Jesus isn't even close to being on our mind. It's just the next thing that happens to be on our list. Guys, we need to change that. We really need to change that. And we're going to talk about that today. But before we address that, let's just look at that phrase and see why in the world we even use that phrase. Why has Christianity adopted that to be the closing of our prayer? Okay? And to talk about that, let's look at a verse in John chapter 14. 
Now, to preface this verse, John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus is talking to all of his disciples, and it's the same night that he gets arrested and he's taken in to be crucified. And he's giving some instructions to his disciples, and he's given them all these different things that they need to do and apply to their life. And he says this to them. He says, and whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So naturally, if this, these are instructions that Jesus are giving his disciples, then we need to pay attention to this. This is serious business, okay? But look at what it says. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do that. Now imagine anybody just reading that verse and reading like anything in his name, I will do it. Be like, sweet daddy. That's awesome. It's written right there. Those are Jesus' words. I mean, I just found a formula to get whatever I want. All I got to do is ask in Jesus' name, and boom, I got it, okay? So over the years, Christianity has put this phrase as the ending to all of our prayers. And why not, right? I mean, let's, let's take some time asking God for all these things we want, and then, you know, at the end, oh, by the way, God, I'm going to be wrapping up this prayer, and here, just so you know, I'm going to be asking all these things in Jesus' name. So I'm kind of looking for you to answer what I want here. See what I'm saying? Now, obviously, I know not everybody does that. Not everybody looks at it as a form. Not everybody, you know, says it for that reason. Some people just say it because that's what they've learned, how they've learned to close a prayer off. They don't even know why they say it. But for many people, it's been added to our prayers as a formula for basically getting what we want. Jesus said, if you ask in my name, I'll do it for you. So come on. Ask whatever you will, and I'll do it. And so we're going to sign off our prayers this way. And so we end our prayers in this fancy formula. But guys, I want us to think of how crazy that is, how foolish that is of us. God is not deceived by our fancy words. A formula isn't going to move God into action on our behalf. Since when has a formula ever moved us to to have someone act on our behalf. I mean, that would be like me saying, hey, Glenn, I want to borrow your car in the name of your wife, Tammy. Okay, so you have to give it to me, bro. No, he'd look at me and say, why, why are you even using that? No, why would Glenn lend me his car? Because we have a what? A relationship. It's going to flow out of that relationship. To think that a formula moves the heart of God, guys, is craziness. If you're asking God for something out of sheer selfishness and then throw in in Jesus' name to get him to do it for you, it's not going to get you anything. Look at this verse in James. It says this, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Guys, God isn't into formulas. Remember, he's all about relationships. And prayer is never meant to be a set of special words to move God, you know, to work on your behalf. It's never meant to be that. And yet people are always trying to find the correct words to say. No, he wants to do things. Listen to me here. He wants to do things with us and for us because we know him and he knows us. He wants to do things with us and for us Because we love him and he loves us.
It's that simple. True prayer, third service, flows out of a relationship. I want us to say that all out loud this morning. Say it with me. True prayer flows out of a relationship. Never forget that. A formula, think about this, a formula doesn't require a relationship. It's just a set of words. In fact, you should hold yourself up to this. If our prayers are made up of just formulas or fancy words, it kind of proves that we lack the relationship we should be having with God. Prayer isn't a formula to get God to do something for us. No, prayer is dialoguing with God about what we're doing together, and that requires a relationship. Do you see that? Don't be mistaken by thinking God is moved by your fancy words. He's not. And to throw out the name of Jesus as something to, in a sense, force the hand of God, it's downright wrong. Listen to me. To throw out the name of Jesus onto a prayer, we must understand that that is very serious business. We, we shouldn't treat it lightly. To say in Jesus' name, what we're doing is we're stamping Jesus' name to it. And then we say amen. You know what amen means? It means, let it be so. So in a sense, we're saying, in the name of Jesus, let it be so. That's what amen means. That's why when I, when I will sometimes be preaching, I'll say, amen. You guys will respond by saying what? Amen. I'm saying, let it be so. And you're like, let it be so. That's what we're saying. So when we stamp Jesus' name to something, and then say, let it be so, let me tell you something, we had better be sure it's something Jesus wants or stands behind. Otherwise, we're using his name foolishly and we're using it in vain. We're throwing around the incredible name of Jesus to somehow leverage God to move on our behalf. And we're basically saying, God, in the name of Jesus, your own son, let this be so. We're using the authority of the name of Jesus to try to benefit us and shame on us if we do that. You know, I remember a guy who used to attend here a long time ago. We were friends, and, and uh, he, he a couple times tried to use my name to get something, you know, done for him. And he was in the cafe one time, and he was like, hey, uh, let, we need to move these coffee dealies, whatever they're called, where you get the coffee from, cafe, what are they called? Carafes. We need to move these carafes over to here. And the people who are running the cafe says, why are we moving? We've always had them here. Why are we moving them there? And the guy goes, well, Luke says he wants them over here, so we need to move them. So they're like, oh, well, I guess if Luke wants them, we'll move them over here. And they moved them. Well, later they came to me and they said, hey, Luke, why do you want to move the carafes to this other table? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, so-and-so said that you wanted to have the carafes moved to this table. I'm like, I'm going to tell you, I never once said that. See, that guy was trying to use my name to leverage to get something that he wanted done. And unfortunately, we do that with Jesus all the time. Sometimes I wonder what Jesus says to the Father when we pray. You know, we'll pray this long prayer asking things from God to do this and to do that, things we want to see happen, and then we say, in the name of Jesus, let it be so. And I can just imagine Jesus turning to his Father and saying, hey, Father, I know you probably already know this, but... I didn't endorse that. Okay, I'm not stamping my name to that. I don't want any of that. So just so you know, I'm not attaching my name to that. And I wonder if Jesus does that. Guys, here's the deal. This is why I'm so passionate about discipleship. Because 
as we seek after Jesus, as we apprentice ourselves after Jesus, we learn from him to become like him. We learn from him to become like him. And when we more and more become like him, we're going to start to think like him. We're going to start to act like him. We're going to start to speak like him. We're going to take on the very heart of Jesus, which means we're going to start to desire the things Jesus desires. We're going to want the things Jesus wants. And you know what the crazy thing is? I think right now in our lives, what we want isn't what Jesus wants. Our wanter is pretty screwed up. It's messed up. But that's what discipleship's going to do. Jesus is going to fix our wanter. He's going to fix it. And when our wanter is fixed, we're going to better be able to dialogue with God about what we're doing together. Does that make sense? So we need to apply ourselves to that. Now, let's talk about this. How do we do this practically? You know, we don't want this just to be theory or some theological advice. How do we do this practically? Well, let's, let's talk about this. And this is going to tie in a bunch of the sermons that we've been talking about for this whole beginning of the year. So really try to apply all of this. Let's say that we find ourselves in a situation in our work, in our marriage, in our life, just whatever it might be, a situation that is just, it's a tough situation. Okay, what is the very first thing we need to understand in this situation? Tell me. He's in charge. That's very true. But what's the first thing we need to know in this? Will, that's going to come later. What do we need to first? All those are great answers, but they're not right because it's not my answer. So, so. (laughs) just joking. Just joking. It's not what I'm looking for. There you go. Jesus is with us. Okay? Very first thing we need to understand in whatever situation is that Jesus is with us. So then what is the next thing we need to know? We know Jesus is with us. What What else do we need? He and I are what? We're in a relationship. What are we going to do in this situation? We're going to be working it together. Okay? We're going to be working in this situation together. Guys, listen to me. Do not think that you're in this situation alone. You're not. I've talked to several people this very week who are facing difficult situations and all sorts of different things, work, family, life, and I've reminded them, listen, just remember, you're not in this alone. Jesus is with you, okay? You're doing this with Jesus. Absolutely the two most important things we need to keep in our mind. Now, let me ask you a third service. If you and Jesus are in this together and you're doing this together, then what's the next thing you need to do? Yeah, we need to ask Jesus what he wants to do in this situation, okay? We want to know his will in this situation. So, If you're doing this together with Jesus, don't just ignore him and start acting on your own. We all do it, don't we? It's kind of crazy. We we get into a situation, and we're like, oh, man, what am I going to do here? And then we start scheming. We start thinking. We start worrying. We're like, okay, if I say this, I could manipulate it like this. If I do that, I could say that. And we start to just, we start to act on our own without Jesus. No, remember what Proverbs says? You all probably know this verse. It says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
Don't go running off on your own. Acknowledge him. In how many of your ways? Oh, let me ask you this. How much does that leave out? Nothing. Acknowledge him in all your ways. So, we ask Jesus what he wants to do in this situation. Not only what he wants to do, but what he wants us to do. Okay? Now, this is going to require some dialogue. Okay? You're going to have to talk through this with Jesus. You may have some real questions to ask. He may ask you to do something. You're like, whoa, hold on, Jesus. That's going to be hard. How am I going to do that with this person? I can't stand this person. And you're going to have to dialogue with Jesus. You're going to need him to clarify some of the things he's telling you to do. And this is what we call a dialogue. And essentially is what we call prayer. Now, in this dialogue, it's going to require you to listen. Our spirit needs to be listening to his Holy Spirit speaking to us, listening to what he has to say. And remember, we always hold it up to the word of God. Nothing the Spirit of God tells us will disagree with what the Bible tells us. It will always line up. So always keep that in mind. Okay? So, now let's say that you know Jesus is with you in the situation. You know that Jesus and you are working in this situation together. And you've asked him what he wants to do. And you've asked him what he wants you to do. And he's told you. He has told you what his will is. Now what do we do? We do it. We obey. But this is how we do it. We move forward in prayer, because prayer is what? A dialogue. We move forward in dialogue, and we move forward in action in the name of Jesus. Now, third service, let me ask you this. Why can you move forward in prayer and action in the name of Jesus? Because we know it's what he wants, exactly. We've been dialoguing with him all along. We know that this is what Jesus wants. So we move forward in prayer and in action in the name of Jesus. And you see, guys, the, in the name of Jesus, it isn't a formula. It's a life. It's how a disciple lives and how a disciple acts and speaks because the disciple is always learning to be dialoguing with Jesus about what they're doing together. It's a relationship. And guys, that's how our lives are meant to be. Let me show you this verse. Colossians, it says, And whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or in deed. Let me ask you something. What does that leave out? Not a thing. Not a thing. Word or deed. Do everything, how? In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. We are to be stamping Jesus' name to everything we do and everything we say. That's how we're supposed to be living our lives. Do you see how sobering that is? So how in the world do we do that? Well, we have to learn to dialogue with Jesus all day long, no matter what you're doing. You're pumping gas, you're dialoguing with Jesus. You're selling some product as a salesman, you're dialoguing with Jesus. You're having a conversation with your son or daughter, dialogue with Jesus. If you're working on a road construction, you're dialoguing with Jesus. If you're working as a mechanic on a car, you're dialoguing with Jesus. If you're meeting with a doctor and getting some horrible news, you're dialoguing with Jesus. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, you do it with Jesus and for Jesus in his name. So don't just let that phrase, in the name of Jesus, amen, be something you use to close off your prayer. Let it be your life.
Let it be your every word and action. And do life in Jesus' name. Amen? Let it be so. Homework this week. Actually, homework for your life. But homework this week is to pick a situation to invite Jesus into. Now notice I'm just asking you to pick one situation. We're supposed to be doing this every day, all day long, in every situation. But if you're like me, you stink at this. So you have to train, okay? So I'm choosing one situation this week where I'm going to say, all right, Jesus, I'm inviting you into this, and we're going to do this together. I know you're with me in this situation. We're going to do this together, and, and I'm, you know, this is going to be training for me. And so in this situation, acknowledge he's with you and that you're going to work together in it, okay? Second, dialogue with him about what he wants to do and what he wants you to do. This may take some time, but dialogue with him. And then lastly, do it with him in his name the whole time in conversation with him, okay? Think you'll do that? Apply that? Good. I don't know if anybody said yes or not, but I hope you all do it. Let me pray for you. Before I pray, let me just say this. Guys, this is serious business. At Whitestone, we want to make disciples who understand and who live and extend the kingdom of God. You know what the kingdom of God is? It's the activity of God. And if we want to be about understanding, living, and extending the kingdom of God, then we had better be in conversation with God about what he wants done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So this is serious. This is how disciples live. This is how they operate. It's not just the one thing we do in the week and forget it. It's our life. So let's pour ourselves into it. And remember, be thankful to God that we can do this because it's a wonderful privilege. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for every person in this room. And God, we, we want to be men and women who just acknowledge you throughout the entire day who were just dialoguing, you, dialoguing with you every moment, in every situation. And God, speaking for myself, I have so far to go. And I'm going to assume that many others are too. And so, Holy Spirit, we need your power because this is humanly impossible to do, but just I ask that you would empower us to become men and women like that, that your activity can flow through us because we're doing life with you. And so I pray this for everyone in this room, that it might become a reality for us. And I do pray this in the name of Jesus because I know this is what you desire of us. Let it be so. Guys, love you so very, very much. I'm so privileged to do life with you. Fathers, I just want to end with this real quick. Nothing screams Father's Day more than a big piece of beef jerky. So on your way out, grab yourself a big piece of beef jerky. Love you all.